Hi everyone and welcome back to the InBay podcast. Uh, thank you for joining us for another episode in our Cyber Anxiety series. So firstly, and to start off, I should uh, welcome back our two, shall we call you series regulars now? So we've got with us uh, Daniel Wellin and Simon Butler. And we've also got a special guest of us today. So Wayne Selk is joining us from CompTIA. So uh, thank you for joining us, Wayne. I don't know if you want to kind of kick things off with a slight or small introduction um, to yourself and kind of your background. Sure. Um, as I've been telling folks lately, I'm a recovering cybersecurity practitioner. Um, I've been <laughs> I've been uh, I've been doing this for well over 25 years. Uh, I've I've got an enormous uh, background in just about everything IT related, by the way. Um, it's actually quite interesting, maybe over a pint uh, next time I'm over in London, we can kind of talk through some of this thing <laughs> if, of, if of interest. But uh, happy to be here. Looking forward to the conversation, actually. Brilliant. Thank you very much. So just to let everyone know, today we are talking about CompTIA's ISAO, which is the Information Sharing and Analysis Organization. So again, uh, Wayne, just maybe a bit of a high-level overview about what the ISAO is and what it provides. Thank you. Yes, so the um, ISAO is how we affectionately refer to it. Um, uh, that is what what I am, I've been chartered to do is basically set that up as a one-stop shop for your threat intelligence, right? So uh, there's more to the ISAO than just threat intelligence. Um, but but really, the, the primary focus there is to get MSPs as well as the vendor distributor and other associates that make up the entire community uh, to support the MSP set uh, industry to really come together and start sharing information so that if someone, right, again, it, it doesn't matter where you are in the globe, right, uh, which I think uh, the Russia-Ukraine conflict actually helped bring a very pinpoint focus on that. If somebody in the UK is popped, we are put on alert here in the US, in Australia, in New Zealand, right? Or in Asia, it doesn't matter uh, because the the focal point there is this is a flat world. <laughs> and so cybersecurity knows no boundaries, no borders at the end of the day, which is kind of interesting. Um, and it's all pretty much the same stuff. An, an attack by a Russian uh, threat actor is the same attack that someone over in uh, Australia is going to get as well, right? It, they, they use the same attack methods, which is why MITRE came up with this wonderful attack framework uh, to be able to pick things out. But it, it's, it's absolutely amazing at the end of the day. And we are trying through the ISAO to bring all of that stuff a little closer home to help raise awareness and understanding for the MSP community on the threats that impact not only themselves, but also their customers. Oh, amazing. That sounds great. I mean, one thing I wanted to ask you is, as an MSP or a vendor that kind of joins the ISL, what does that kind of look like in a sense of if you're you know part of the organization, what does that look like? What benefits do you get? What do you receive? How do you access this information, essentially? Sure. And so uh, we've, we've actually made some uh, changes to the threat reports themselves. But let me back up for just a second, because I know there's a there's a burning question in the room. Right. Let's cover <laughs> off on how much does this cost? Um, right. So in the UK, uh, we have a uh, we align the pricing to the 
sterling. So it's $295 for the year for the entity. So for the corporate entity. So in this case, right, if we're talking InBay, InBay pays $295 a year, all of the employees roll. And I do mean all of them, not just the technicians, the sales staff, the HR, the finance, who anybody else that supports the organization can roll up underneath that membership for the low, low cost of $295 a year, by the way. The ISAO is actually included in as part of a member benefit uh, now. So there's no additional cost for the ISAO. So some of the things that we have, we have a portal for you to be able to log into, right? We gate everybody that a second time uh, when they come into the ISAO. Uh, that for a reason, because CompTIA itself is a global organization in over 225 countries around the world. We need to avoid certain known threat actor locations, China, Russia, Iran, North Korea. Those folks, unfortunately, are not allowed to join the threat intel community and share information because there's some very sensitive information that we do share uh, in the form of analyst comments. But you get uh, uh, some of the benefits, high level, uh, you get your own secure enclave inside the Splunk threat intelligence platform. You get uh, some continuous, you get five continuous monitoring and 24 annual monitoring reports through Security Scorecard as part of your third-party vendor risk management solution. Um, you, uh, you also have the ability of submitting to not only through your Splunk um, Threat Intel platform, but also through Sophos. Um, and you don't have to be a Sophos partner today, but if you get a URL or you get a uh, what appears to be a malicious file, you can actually submit that. And the nice part about that is because of the Sophos uh, relationship with virus total, they, they, if something is bad, they will then create the signatures, definitions, or put the IP or email on blacklist to take care of all the other devices inside of your organization. Right. And so that is actually also part of the giving back and sharing information with other like MSPs around the world, because they get to take advantage of those same signatures, definitions, and whatnot. The threat reports, real quick, we just launched an integration with a, with a Canadian firm called Gradient MSP, and it's a pilot. Um, but what, what you can do at no charge, by the way, they have a basic tier where you can actually create the integration into the ISAO. The threat report then goes through Gradient and drops into your PSA. So if you only have, if you're a very small organization and one person is the one looking at the threat reports, Having it integrated into your PSA today, all of your technicians will be able to see what's going on, right? Okay. Future state for that, if I may, for just a second, future state is that you'll be able to fine tune that. So it'll you can align it to your tech stack. You'll be able to uh, adjust whether it's actionable and of medium or high severity. Um, and only those reports uh, will will go into your tech stack. So it's actually we're we're trying to avoid the console fatigue, and try to start streamlining some of these processes so that in, actionable data gets dropped in uh, for the entire organization to be able to see. So you say that about the integration to the PSAs. Is there kind of a, a limited number of PSAs that you can integrate with, or is it fairly open um, how that integration works? So the integration is through the the folks that Gradient MSP is currently supporting, right? Okay. So the, the big players are already covered. ConnectWise, Kaseya, Datto, 
Um, I think Ninja is is in there as well. And then we're also looking to integrate with some other similar uh providers like Pax8, I know is huge over there in the UK. They're, uh, I believe they're working mm -hmm. on an alert API. Scalepad is also working on an alert API. Um, and there's others, right? So if your community knows of similar type of folks that are working on alert APIs that have, that they've already integrated with, please let me know, get it back to Daniel. And, you know, we, we yeah. can work on getting those integrations done as well. Awesome. No, I was going to say, um, just before I hand over to Simon and Daniel to get more into the nitty gritty, shall we say, um, I'm a self-confessed non-techie. Um, so with these like reports and things that come in, is it something that you feel like non-technical people can still, you know, get access to information and still, you know, get a lot of relevant information from that and from the ISL? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So the, the funny... Uh, ironic part about it is our threat, our analysts set up the threat reports so that they're easy to read and easy to digest. We've had other information sharing and analysis centers, which were the first foray into this here in the U.S. back in '98, um, that have actually said, "Wow, we really like, <laughs> we really like how you guys are producing these reports because they are they're very easy to read. Anybody can pick one up and and take it out and and and." apply the mitigation activities as an example and understand what's really going on without having to have a very technical background. Oh, that's great. That, that works for me. So, um, so yeah, I'll, I'll hand over to Daniel and Simon. I don't know if you wanted to kind of delve a bit more from your perspectives and your experience of working with MSPs. If there's anything you wanted to kind of quiz, <laughs> quiz Wayne on or any information you feel will be relevant for the people listening at the moment. So I've got one to start off with. So you've said about you know, the integration and going to the PSA. Is there a more sort of raw way that can come across on things like RSS feeds or emails or something like that, where you can just sort of, you know, I get it. Let's say, for example, I'm on the train, something comes through on the train. I'm not logged into my PSA. Something's come out and I want to look at something on my phone or I'm bored on the train and I want to read through the current <laughs> things or something like that. You know, is there, is, is there, is that format available so it can be, because all technicians, they like to digest their information in different ways, you know, whether that's via Reddit or forums or, via, like I say, via email or RSS feeds. You know, we slice and dice it and we, you know, categorize it. My RSS feed thing is, you know, got all sorts of tags and things on it that it does automatically. You know, it's, are those sort of available to to get this information to to your to the members? Yes. So there's a couple of different things, right? So we have to be very careful with RSS feed, right? Because we adhere to the traffic light protocol. So the, the information that we have inside these threat reports, when you start pushing up to Amber and Amber Plus and even Red, you know, that's, that's specific intel that, you know, is coming down. And we have to be very, 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 very careful with that um, and, and how that, that is released. But there are two two mechanisms. One, the part of the reason why we kick it into the PSA um, is because everybody's email is typically just completely overwhelmed and bombarded, right, Simon? So, but the other the other nice thing that we have, we actually have an app for your phone, um, which you can log in uh, directly into the ISO, and you get the same format that you would as if you were logged into the portal itself. So you get access to your Splunk Enclave, you get access to security scorecard, access to Sophos, but you also get access to the threat reports and the discussion forums. And, and really the, the, one of the other nice things that we did here uh, just a week or so ago, because we're always making changes. 
uh, improvements, at least we like to think of them as improvements. Um, but uh, the threat reports, you can actually now create a discussion. So think back to when Log4j and Print Nightmare came out, right? I mean, our our threat reports used to just be, here it is, digest it. Well, now you can actually click on a button inside there that says join the discussion and you can actually start engaging with other MSP colleagues around the globe saying, hey, I'm seeing this. Anybody else seeing this? You know, how what what's going on? How are you trying to, this is what I'm working on. You know, you can actually have some dialogue around that information sharing today when it comes to the threat reports as well. So hopefully I answered your question. Yeah, I think so. It's just a matter of, you know, I think the more ways you can have for the IT people to be able to digest the information in a way that suits them, because we're not all the same. Correct. You know, and it's it's fine. You know, you've got these great reports, but, you know, some particularly when you're talking also non-technical people, they'll have their own way of, of getting it. But also, you don't want to be a fire hose, if you like, of, of too right. much information. <laughs> um, but it's getting it to them in, in a way that they can grasp and at times grasp quickly, because sometimes it can be a uh, time of the essence. Right, yes. The average time now from a publicly disclosed vulnerability to the time the threat actors are starting to exploit it is down to 15 minutes. So it is very important that this information get pushed out as quickly as possible. It's kind of worrying those figures, isn't it, sometimes? <laughs> very, very, very scary, very scary. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, f f first of all, thanks, thanks ever so much for everything you've uh, shared so far, Wayne. Uh, um, really interesting, really interesting topic and initiative. Um, I guess the highlight for me so far is that you said the Earth was flat. Um, so uh, um, that's that's the that's the key thing I'm going to take out of what you said so far. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, seriously, the, um, the the reason I'm on these calls is always to add a, a sort of sales and a commercial. Uh, marketing perspective to, uh, to, to 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 this topic, and I and I guess um, uh, perhaps starting to do your your job for you, Wayne. But in terms of uh, selling this to the MSP, uh, aside from the the uh, the, uh, the technical aspects that we've we've touched on so far, um, being able to talk to my clients um, as an MSP and tell them that I'm part of a global initiative to. Uh, to he head on tackle um, the uh, the ever increasing and uh, ever uh, uh, ever um, uh, clever uh, uh, threat actor uh, uh, activities, um, and you know, talking about fifteen minutes, um, you know, we're we're, we're putting ourselves um, uh, in that space right in the right in the fight, defending our customers. Um, and so I think that's a that's a really mature position for an MSP to have, and uh, and of course they should be a member of CompTIA anyway, and therefore have access to this benefit. And if not, then what a great reason to uh, to join and engage with the community, which I advocate on all of the time. Um, but the the key thing that um, uh, having had the benefit of uh, seeing this in the flesh just the other day uh, with you, Wayne, was seeing the security scorecard. Um, which I, I found absolutely fascinating in terms of being able to assess uh, perhaps who my other vendors are and how secure uh, they are um, and uh, and myself and perhaps even my competition and certainly customers. Um, uh, um, perhaps perhaps you could give us just a, a bit more detail about how, how MSPs would use that security scorecard uh, facility. Sure. So I, again, I've got a, a really broad background when it comes to IT. My 
but my specific focus has been over the last 20 years in governance, risk, and compliance, right? So um, security scorecard to me is really a tool for your third-party vendor risk management program, right? So understanding, and, and this is part of the challenge that, that a lot of MSPs face today, um, especially from a sales side, right? They want to talk technology, but really, if you're going to reach into a prospect, you're going to reach into a client, the best way to get their attention is to start aligning the conversation to their business objectives and their business risk, right? And this, the security scorecard set hits square in that bucket, right? Um, so you only know what you don't know. And, and there's, you know, believe it or not, the, the security scorecard, uh, ability to reach and gather information. So for the tech tech folks that are on the call, every, a lot of them are probably already familiar with Shodan.io, right? That is a another pay for uh, application, but but here security scorecard is included inside your member benefit, right? With the ISA. So those five continuous monitoring reports that we talked about. I, I always recommend that the MSP first and foremost use the very first continuous monitoring report. And you're going to say, why in the heck do I need to? I know what I'm doing. Trust me, humans make mistakes. We're all fallible. So knowing, again, that 15-minute window, being able to shore that up as quickly as possible is vi vitally important. The next four continuous monitoring for your top four revenue generating clients, that gives you the foundational revenue to in order to keep going and drive, drive your business forward, right? Always mapping to your business objectives, understanding their risk and being able to communicate to them as effectively as possible is what's really going to help drive the conversations because they don't care about technology. They don't care about the antivirus. They don't care about the firewall. They don't care that it's a sonic wall, a Cisco Meraki device. They really don't. The only thing they care about is that you're doing your best to protect them at the end of the day. And you're going to swap out technology because you have to. There's there's different things that 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 have to that are coming out in the marketplace today. We were just at IT Nation Connect uh, a week or so ago. And you know, I can't believe the number of vendors that are new in this space from a security perspective. It's mind-boggling. Anyway, uh, don't focus on technology though. Focus on the business objectives aligned to the business risk and help them continue to drive their, their revenue up the hockey stick, right? And that will help you drive your revenue as well from a sales perspective. And score, Scorecard can help you do that. Cool. That's brilliant. That's, um, I was going to say one thing from me as well. I was just going to run through. Was, um, let's make a note. So I was going to say, um, one thing I was looking at before, I used to work at an MSP, and um, I think one of the key things that MSP seem to almost forget is that they are quite a gateway as a target into their customer base from a security point of view. Um, I know, you know, I'm sure we've all experienced it, where MSPs kind of focus on the security of their customers without focusing on their their own security. So what are we saying the, the, the um, ISO would be more about protecting that MSP and making sure their security standards are where they need to be to then therefore go on to protect their customers. Yeah. So one of the other great things about the ISO is that you get access to all of your colleagues around the globe, right? Yeah. I, would, I won't say all of them, but the more that join, obviously, the more you get to take advantage of. And everybody's in a different phase of their security journey, 
right? So if you're in phase two, looking to move into phase three, you get to ask questions, right? We have a monthly member meetup for folks to be able to jump in, ask questions, bring up topics, have conversation, have dialogue. It's not recorded. So, and that goes for, that goes for the other MSPs that are listening here too, right? Um, join the conversation, get, raise your awareness and understanding uh, for the entire organization. As you become more aware of what's out there, what's going on, you start to develop really that security first culture, which is what we're trying to drive MSPs toward. And then that in turn will eventually make its way down to the end client. And that's really what we're trying to do here, right? Is raise the tide for everybody. Yeah. But we have to start with the MSP because they're the ones that are managing the infrastructure in a lot of cases, both from an IT perspective, but also from an information security perspective. Oh, brilliant. Um, I don't know, Simon or Daniel, if you had any kind of final questions or final thoughts on what we've discussed today. I think Wayne's done a, done a brilliant job <laughs> from, uh, from my perspective. Uh, and, uh, and and I guess um, uh, really, really the, the takeaway for me is uh, aside from the, the the well-being flat that is that, uh, uh, that 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 really this is this is a this is a great uh, complement to sales and marketing activities and efforts and uh, and, and more importantly ha- has an authentic benefit for uh, for both msp and the customers so uh, so no great 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 initiative yeah definitely yeah i was going to pretty much the same sort of thing you know it's there is so much information out there that to get it in a curated form, if you like, so that it can be digested easily, particularly with MSPs and their technicians who are potentially juggling so much stuff all the time. And, uh, you know, because most MSP techs are, you know, normally are a jack of all trades, master and none. And, you know, there's so much stuff going on. You know, I just see it with my own working with my own clients you know and we sort of go well, why aren't you looking at this why aren't you looking at that and they just go well, we just haven't got the time you know mm. and it needs a cur- curated feed if you like to be able to get the relevant information to them at the relevant time so they can react or not uh you know because unfortunately some of the researchers have a habit of you know making lots of noise about nothing um and sometimes major things can in that initial window get lost and you need someone to go, look, no, you need to know this. You need to be aware of this right now, um, you know, despite the amount of noise that's coming out. So, you know, if it, uh, I'm all in favor of more stuff that can that can help the technicians with the balancing act that they've got that they're doing all day. Yeah. You know, simple yeah. as that, really. For sure. No, I completely agree. And like I said, for me, uh, one of the key things, like, it's obviously the organization part of it. Like you said, it's an open forum almost that you've got access to, everyone else almost like you said around the world who are in the same boat and in you know learning the same things and being able to share that knowledge um it's just a really great benefit to that so um thank you again wayne really appreciate your time today and thank you for joining us on the podcast it's been uh, really informative and, and really great so great. thank you again no worries thanks thanks for having me i'd be willing to come back anytime you want to invite me <laughs> sounds good we'll make a note of that so <laughs> make sure we get that booked in brilliant thank you so much and if anyone has any questions for uh, for Wayne, uh, how, how can uh, uh, sh- shameless plug uh, Wayne? How, how can people get in, get in contact? You really want to pile onto my email, don't you? Um, <laughs> so it, look, uh, I, I'm 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 happy to talk to anybody. Uh, quite honestly, you can reach me at wselk. That's s e l k at comptia dot org. Um, I'm I'm happy to I'm happy to answer any questions, uh, including around membership. Right.
So reach out to me at any time. Brilliant. Thank you for that. Cool. Cheers. And I think that's kind of everything that we're going to cover today. So uh, thank you for tuning in and listening. And uh, we'll speak to you all again soon. Thank you. Bye.